today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. In other words, don't worry. Don't worry. I've got this. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. If God is going to send us His only begotten Son to die for us, you don't think that He's going to take care of us? If He'll do that for us? You think He's going to not take care of us and not provide for us? If He would provide His only begotten Son to die for us? You mean He's not going to? If that's true, uh, what are we doing? What are we doing here tonight? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Nehemiah. The Israelites in Nehemiah's day made the decision to begin to trust God again, unlike their parents. Pastor J.D. will be teaching about our need to do the same thing. We need to consciously choose to put our full dependence on God. And everything from our health to our finances, our families, we need to trust God to do His best for us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're going to obey you in this and perhaps more importantly, we're going to trust you in this. And that's what they're doing. This is yet another commitment on their part as it relates to their livelihood. Their ability to earn an income is now less because they're committing to, on a busy day, when all the other stores are open and everybody else is buying and selling, everybody else is getting ahead, and what they're saying is, now we're going to obey you, we're going to trust you. You could sum up this commitment with one word, and that word is the word trust. We're going to trust you, God. We're going to enter into this oath We're not going to buy or sell on the Sabbath. And what this clearly demonstrates is their willingness to trust God to provide all their financial needs under the banner of their obedience. i got to share this with you. Many, many years ago, in a land far, far away, long before I was ever in the ministry, I had a business, and I would close my business completely down on Tuesday. Nothing sacred about Tuesday. It was just the one day that I would shut it down and I would not do any business and I would go to the church and I would serve all day at the church. And at the time, I was doing all the financial administration or my pastor was on the board and I was just helping out, just available. Sometimes I would fill in for my pastor. I would sometimes do counseling sessions. I was just making myself available. And I just trusted God Okay, this is a weekday, this is a business day, and I'm not open for business, and I realize my competitor can get the business that I would have had had I been open that day. And here's what God did, and here's how God honored that. Wednesday would come, and invariably, almost without exception, the phone would ring. And on the other end of the phone was somebody that would say something like this, and God is my witness on this. So you know, I was going to call yesterday on Tuesday, but I got busy. So I'm going to call you today. And the customer on the other end of the phone is a buyer. And it was like God just saved that 
for me and provided that buyer for me on Wednesday to bless my commitment to him on Tuesday. I've never forgot that. You see the principle here, right? This is one of those principles that you don't break. It breaks you when you go up against it. You commit to God, and this is, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but just out of obedience and trusting God, it's like in our giving to God. I remember the first time I tithed, it was the scariest thing I ever did. Because I remember thinking to myself, I don't know how 90% is going to go where 100% has never heretofore gone. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to trust God, and I'm just going to trust Him and take Him at His word, and I'm going to obey God's word and trust that He'll do what He promised to do. So I started writing out, the just in the old days, right? So again, long time ago in a land far, far I'm, a, I'm a new believer. I'm in my 20s. I think I'm actually, I'm 20. I got saved at age 19. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Was, I was 20 years old and I'm going to trust God. So I take out my checkbook and I start handwriting. The first check I write is my tithe check, giving it to the Lord. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to write out. I have all my bills lined up in order of when they're due. And I'm just going to write the rest of the checks. And I might have to wait on this one, but at least I gave to the Lord and I'm just going to trust God. As God is my witness. I started writing the checks for the bills, and I kept going, and I kept going, and it kind of felt like the the uh, fish and the loaves. I just kept reaching into that checkbook, and I'm keeping the running total on the register, and the more checks I wrote, the more was there. And I get down to the end, and every single bill was paid, and not only was every single bill paid, I actually had money left over afterwards. Now, I'm thinking to myself, surely I have made a mistake. I've made a couple mistakes in my life, especially when it comes to the math, right? So I go back over it, and I go back over it, and I go back over it, and I'm adding it up, and I'm doing it this way, and I'm doing it that way. And I came to the end, and it was still the same number. And this is what the Lord ministered to me. It's not in the math. It's in the miracle that I have blessed you because you have trusted me and I have honored that commitment that you made to me. And it's the only time in God's word where he says, test me. No other time. Test me in this one thing and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that is so massive, you won't even be able to receive it. Now keep in mind, this is over 35 years ago. So I go from being scared to death to tithe to being scared to death not to tithe. And I have never looked back. And I have watched God just bless my personal finances over the years in ways that I could have never imagined because I've honored Him and trusted Him. And that's what they're doing here. They're trusting Him. We're going to see it more here in just a moment. Someone has cleverly come up with what they call the three T's. So it's giving to God of your talent, of your time, and of your treasure. Your talent, your time, and your treasure. 
And when you do that, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 6. I'll read verses 25 through 34. Actually, verses 19 through 34 are probably one of the most powerful passages in all of God's Word. It's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, as it's famously referred to. But listen to what Jesus said, beginning in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? you got to imagine, and those of you who have been to Israel with us, this is on the side of the mountain there overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It is so beautiful, especially in the springtime. And the flowers that are blooming and the birds that are singing. And oh, it's just so, I can just imagine the Savior pointing to the birds of the air and the flowers of the field and saying, look at those flowers, how beautiful and splendid they are. And then look at those birds. You don't see those birds up there freaking out about how am I going to have enough to eat and your heavenly Father takes care of them. Think about what they're worth. That flower, it's here today, gone tomorrow. How much more valuable are you than they, than that? Don't worry about God providing for you. And he says, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Or as one has said, one single hair to your head. I wish that were possible. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? And this is where he points to the flowers. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And then he says this, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And never imagine Jesus saying that with a just a disdain in his voice. I imagine the Savior always so compassionate. Why is your faith so little? You have a big God. Why is your faith so little? You should have big faith because you have a big God. So, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? And in the context of our study tonight, how is it possible that I can not do business on the busiest day of the week? How is it? What am I going to do if I don't buy and sell when all my competitors are? And then he says, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Think about that. Every need that you need, your heavenly Father knew you needed it before you even knew you needed it. And whatever you need, He will provide. Notice it's not whatever you want. Yeah, I think sometimes we change the tags on what we want, and we, we switch it with need. What, you don't think God notices that? I, I saw that. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not a need. That's a want. And by the way, you don't even want that. Trust me. 
So I'm not going to get... Listen, if something that you have prayed for has not been provided, I would suggest that it's probably because you really didn't need it, and God knew it. If you need it, God's going to provide it. And He's going to provide it in His way and in His time and always for His glory. Now it's verse 33 that I want us, and actually verse 34 as well, famous verses, well known, that I want to draw our attention to. Jesus says this, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Did you catch that? That's what the Israelites are doing here. They're, they're seeking first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. They're trusting God first and foremost. And they know that if they do this, that God's going to bless them and God is going to give them everything they need and even more than they need, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything they could ask. And verse 34 jams the gears of people who are worriers. And I say that because I am a recovering worryaholic. I'm really good at worrying. Man, I'll tell you, I'm a professional worrier. I'm so good at worrying. If I couldn't think of something to worry about for myself, I would ask you about something that you're worried about. I would worry about it for you. That's how good I was at it. It's been said about worry that it's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere, right? I don't know what it is about worry, but we think that by worrying we're actually helping this situation. Well, we're not. So this jams the gears of people who are prone to worry. Listen to what he says. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I could have been okay with that, but then he says this. For tomorrow will worry about itself. I could almost get a, get by with that, but then he says, ah, let me see, what, here he is. He says, each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay, I didn't want to know about that, because now I'm going to worry about the trouble that he just got done saying each day is going to have enough of. I would have liked it if he would have just stayed with, don't worry about tomorrow. Okay, I will not worry about tomorrow. Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay, now I'm worried about the trouble of that's tomorrow. That's What? You know, you can't do anything about tomorrow. I mean, we can prepare all we want, and you surely cannot do anything about yesterday. Yesterday's done. I cannot go back and do anything about yesterday. The only thing I can do anything about is today. Today only. I can prepare tomorrow's lunch, but I can't eat tomorrow's lunch today. I have to wait till tomorrow. And that's when I can eat tomorrow's lunch. Sometimes God does not give us tomorrow's manna today. In other words, God's saying, listen, don't worry about tomorrow. Okay, I got I got tomorrow. Yeah, there's new troubles for tomorrow, but don't worry about tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow, and you won't have to worry about tomorrow when tomorrow is today. Okay, I think you got it. <laughs> In other words, don't worry. Don't worry. I've got this. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. If God is going to send us His only begotten Son to die for us, you don't think that He's going to take care of us? If He'll do that for us? You think He's going to not take care of us and not 
provide for us, if he would provide his only begotten son to die for us, you mean he's not going to, if that's true, uh, what are we doing? What are we doing here tonight? Take your Bible. It's all a lie. If God's going to do that, why wouldn't he take care of this? Whatever the situation is, and I, know, I realize this is more in the context of material possessions and finances, but whatever your situation is, you don't think God's going to take care of that? You don't think God's going to provide for you whatever you need for that situation? The wisdom, the strength, the peace, the encouragement to be able to press on and, and deal with? I mean, as parents, do we not worry about our children? I'm thinking about my son, Levi, is going to graduate and he's going to go off to college. And I'm worried about that. And it's tomorrow. Well, it's not literally tomorrow, but and the Lord's saying, wait a minute. Hello? What about me? You don't think I want to take care of your son? I love your son more than you love your son. Oh, I love my son. I love my children. To imagine that God loves them even more, God's going to take care of it. There is nothing to worry about. I've heard it said this way. One last thing and we'll, we'll move on. Any minute spent worrying is a waste of a minute. Any minute spent worrying is a waste of that one minute. It's unnecessary because of who your father is. Verse 32. Also, we made ordinances for ourselves to exact from ourselves yearly one-third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God, for the showbread, for the regular grain offering, for the regular burnt offering of the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the set feasts for the holy things, for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel, and all the work of the house of our God. That's the building project, if you will. We cast lots among the priests. We don't do that anymore. The Levites and the people for bringing the wood offering into the house of our God, according to our father's houses at the appointed times, year by year, to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. And verse 35, we made ordinances to bring, listen, the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of all trees year by year to the house of the Lord to bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle as it is written in the law. We're not, no, we're not sacrificing their firstborn, so don't worry about that. And the firstborn of our herds and our flocks to the house of our God. This is a dedication. They're dedicating this to the Lord, to the priests who minister in the house of our God, to bring the first fruits of our dough, our offerings, the fruit from all kinds of trees, the new wine and oil, to the priests, to the storerooms of the house of our God, and to bring the tithes of our land to the Levites, for the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities. Okay, so here again, this can be summed up in one word. Uh, this time, that word is obedience. I guess you could say this, to trust and obey, like the hymn of old goes, to trust and obey, there is no other way.
What they're doing here in this dedication is out of obedience, they're giving of and trusting God with their first fruits. This is an act of obedience on their part to God's word, God's command, specifically in the area of honoring the Lord with the first fruits. When I say that I wrote the first check, that was akin to the first fruits. It's not the last check I write, because oftentimes, you know, write the last check because there's not enough left by the time you get to the last check. It's the first check. It's seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It's it's first and foremost. I'm going to give you the first and I'm going to give you the best. And that's what the first fruits was. It was the best of what they had to offer. Reminds me of a story that Larry Briquet once told. He's now with the Lord. So this farmer comes home and he's so excited and he tells his wife, honey, uh, we've got two calves. Two calves were born and I'm going to dedicate one to the Lord. Now his wife says, as only a wife can, honey, which one are you going to dedicate to the Lord? Oh, no, I just, just one of them I'm dedicating to the Lord. Okay. Well, years go by, and then he comes home one day, and he says to his wife, his whole countenance has changed, Honey, the Lord's cow died. Wait a minute, which? how do you know it was the Lord's? Oh, no, the one that died, that was the one I dedicated. Oh, really? Well, what, what if that was your cow that died, and the Lord's cow is not the one, because you didn't, okay. You get the idea, right? Here's the thing. and This is something, and again, I always refer to the mainland, but we would have people that would want to donate things to the church. And you'd say, well, that's really nice of you. And then they would bring it by in a truck, and you'd look at it, and you'd go, that's what you want to donate to the church? Are you kidding me? It looks like it needs to go to Kapa'a. I'm talking about the mainland now. It looks like it needs to go to the dump. I don't even think you'd, I don't even think Salvation Army would take that thing. Oh, but we want to dedicate it to the Lord. You want to dedicate something to the Lord? Go buy something new and give them the first and the best. And you keep that old bus up couch for yourself and give the Lord the good one. Why is it always the Lord's cow that dies, is the point. That's the moral of the story. Well, this is what they're saying here. This is their commitment here. They're giving God the best, the first, off the top. And this is one of those promises. Thanks for tuning in to Pastor J.D.'s teaching in the book of Nehemiah today. Here at In Spirit and Truth, we strive to bring God's Word to you in a way that blesses your life, but also challenges you to make a difference in this world. Nehemiah was a man who made a great impact, even though he wasn't serving as a priest or spiritual guide of any kind. God still used him and still uses ordinary people today. If you'd like to listen again to today's message, you'll find it at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Just click on Listen. Having access to messages from God's Word adds some great encouragement to the pauses in your day and helps to keep you focused on Him. We'd also like to tell you more about the Mideast Prophecy Update, where Pastor J.D. discusses current events and their prophetic importance each Friday and Saturday. 
Here to tell you more about this is Pastor J.D. Thanks, Josh. Followers of Jesus Christ have this anticipating of his soon return at the rapture of the church, especially with everything that's happening in the world today. I'm of the belief that we are seeing key Bible prophecies beginning to come to pass in real time. And it's for this reason that we do these weekly prophecy updates as we look up and lift up our heads, knowing our redemption draws ever so near. This is what Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, verse 28. Our hope here at In Spirit and Truth is that believers will be ready and non-believers will get ready by coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ while there's still time. Thanks, Pastor J.D. That's all we have for today, but join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Too 